Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, March 10th at 10 a.m., which was a little bit of a struggle for me, I have to admit. This daylight saving time caught me a little bit unawares. Uh, I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. Joined on the line, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. Did you get the spring forward thing okay today? It was a rough beginning, Liz. And then added to that, my international business husband was trying to make an international business call. And of course, he was calling a country that did not have the spring forward. So there was a lot of confusion as to what hour of the day it really was. (laughs) Okay. Well, glad it's behind us now. And special guest star hasn't been with us for a while. We are very excited from South Pasadena, California. Sheila Dolan is with us this morning. How are you doing out there, Sheila? I'm doing great, sisters. It's great to be back. (laughs) Yes, we've had some connectivity issues with you in the past few tries where, uh, you know, it was your mic or your internet or whatever, but we seem to be all good this morning. So far, so good, right? We're good. Yes. Apparently, my speakers had blown out. I think one of the kids in my class was trying to use my computer at some point Uh Uh (laughs) and did something funny. Um, But I'm back. It's great to hear your voices. Good to be here. It's great to have you, Sheila. And today, this is a special podcast. We are dedicating this podcast to a satellite, um, Mr. William J. Don, who sadly, um, after a brief illness, died. And those of you that have been on our Facebook page, you know how heartfelt this, this loss is because he has been a longtime listener and very, very frequent commenter on all things Satellite Sisters. And uh, we were very saddened to hear about his passing. And we send our deepest sympathies and our most sincere prayers and thoughts to his family. So, William J. Don, this show is for you. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. It was so nice that his sister posted it on um, the Satellite Sisters Facebook group and said we were his internet family. So, yeah. you know, we felt that way about you too, William J. Good luck up there. Um, all right, so Sheila, what the heck have you been up to? What's, uh, what's going on? <laughs> Oh, girls, I am trying to get back to my creativity. Nice, Um, yes. That's good, Sheila. Yes, I'm trying to get some creative juices flowing here. It's been a long, hard winter in California. Yes, Yes, thank God we don't live someplace that's actually hard. (laughs) If you had to really shovel. um, Right, I joined a little writer's group. Oh, nice. Sheila, good for you. Yeah, it's not serious at all. It's just three people um, who go to the coffee shop on Saturday morning and share writing. And what kind of stuff have you been writing? Um, I've been writing um, poetry, poetry girls going back to my roots. Don't you remember when I was a poet? (laughs) I I do remember that, yes. But that was like seventh grade, right? Yes, so I've gone back to my roots 
sort of working on some poetry. Um, the other ladies are writing, one is writing a memoir about being a, a ballerina. Uh-huh. Mm. Okay. And my other friend, Christina, is writing, I think, a screenplay. Okay. Oh, well, that's good. So you are a complimentary, but not a competitive. That's good. It's not oh, it's totally. Good. Yes. Totally not competitive. Good, good, good. And we're, we're also not real writers. So every time someone reads, we just say, that's really good. <laughs> that's what, that's what satellite sisters are for. You just need to encourage people. So are you getting in touch with your inner Joni Mitchell? Do you have a, you know, you're just working out your voice? I'm working, uh, yeah, I'm trying to reinvent my voice, Liz. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm a lot older now, Liz. <laughs> Darn it. But, uh, but I went through my journal. I found my old journal from seventh grade, and I realized the poems I wrote in seventh grade were pretty darn good. <laughs> okay, Sheila. Did you try those out on your group? What they I say? did. I wrote a few. And then finally they said after four weeks, are you going to write anything new? Are you? <laughs> so, so yesterday so I came straight. Yesterday, for yeah, yesterday. Sorry. Sure. Four, Sheila, for four weeks you were going to the coffee shop and reading your poems from seventh grade? Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> okay. Okay. Good start, so, Sheila. Yesterday I came with a fresh start. I came with a fresh, fresh, it was a free verse. Uh-huh. And um, I was ready. I had my lunch. So we meet at the coffee shop. So we're all sitting there. And our, our friend Susan, the ballerina, um, is a famous, semi-famous yoga instructor in this area okay only in this area is there could there be such a thing as a semi-famous yoga instructor but i know exactly what you mean i'm sure she's one of the most high profile people in the community so in walks um to the bagel half of the coffee shop uh bradley whitford from the west wing oh well you know how i love him well i love him too i love him even more because i had coffee with him liz really he sat that, down with you? He didn't sit. He knows Susan very well because did you know that he's sort of a yogini? <laughs> well, didn't he marry? Didn't we discuss this on Satellite Sisters like six months ago? Did he marry a yoga instructor himself? He did not marry her. No, he's single. He, oh, okay. Better. Even better. What, what happened was people who don't know Bradley Whitford, he was married to Jane Kaczmarek for 17 years. Mm-hmm. And they got a divorce about two or three years ago. Yes. They have three kids. And he immediately took up with this famous yoga instructor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not semi-famous, famous. Uh-huh. And I saw him once at Whole Foods, and he did not look happy with her. <laughs> you could just tell. I could so tell. So he comes over to our table yesterday, and you know, normally if a man comes over to a table of three women and they all have coffee and notebooks out, he's not going to stay. Right. He stayed. Oh, he stayed for about a half an hour telling stories. Oh. Really? And at one point, I think he was kind of flirting with me. Uh, I, I bet he was, Sheila. Well, there had to be a reason for the staying. Right. So he tells this funny story, very funny and you got to admire a guy that's got funny stories in his back pocket. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. So he told, he made it a point to say, I was on a date in New York, to which our friend said, oh, you're not with 
the famous yoga instructor anymore? Yes. And he said no, and he looked at me. Oh. Oh, Sheila, this is deep. So he said that he actually had a kidney stone emergency on the date. That sounds like something that would happen to you. And, and it was hysterical. And I was laughing, and he loved it when I laughed. And he was telling the story how the date had to take him to the emergency room. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And he had to get a shot of morphine. I mean, that's a funny story. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So and then he, then... Showed his pictures of his, he showed his pictures of his kids. Wow. So Sheila, were you able to divulge any of your uh, personal um, information to Bradley, such as that okay. you are a wonderful third grade teacher and uh, great with children and, uh, and okay, single? This is what happened. This was the only tidbit. I, I tried to play it cool and not jump in <laughs> and just let him, like, take it in. take Because I looked good yesterday. I had, okay. I, I had taken a shower, blow-drying my hair. I had makeup on, Julie. Good, Sheila. Good. So I was looking fresh. And then we talked about kids, and he, I said something like, Susan goes, Sheila has a daughter. And he said, how old is your daughter? Oh. I know. <laughs> but I, I, there's nothing I can say. I said, 30? Yeah. He goes, are you kidding me? He's like, you do not look like you. What? A 30-year-old? All right, nice. That's a very positive comment. He said, when did you have her? When you were 14? And you just said yes? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's true. So then, like, at some point, Bradley wouldn't leave, and we had to have our, our, our writer's group. So I just happened to have a box of French macaroons. <laughs> Which, of course, you bring your own food to a coffee shop. They appreciate that. <laughs> and I said, Bradley, I said, would you like to take some macaroons home for your kids? A good one, right, Julie? Yes, Sheila. I like this, that you're showing that you could, yes. And then I... Into and then, life with, uh, and then I added the funny. I said, or unless... A man with kidney stones can't have French macaroons. <laughs> did, did he laugh at that? Yes, he laughed, Liz. I got a little chuckle. Okay. All right. So uh, basically, Bradley is single. He does Pilates. <laughs> um, he, he, he thought I, I looked much, much younger than I am. Uh-huh. Must be slightly dehydrated. That's why he's getting the uh, kidney stone. And, and I just think it's all good. Don't you? Yes. yes. So yeah. did you slip your telephone number in the box of French? No, I figure if he wants to date me, he can call Susan. Yes, he knows how to find you. That's, yeah. He's That's Bradley good. Cooper, right? No, he's Bradley Whitford. Or Bradley, Bradley Whitford. <laughs> if it's Bradley Cooper, then we're really excited. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. That's right. Bradley Whitford. But I'll take Bradley Whitford. That's fine. Yes. He's more your age range than Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, that would be too intimidating to even stand next to Bradley Cooper. Right. No, so that's, that's it. That's, that's what happened at my writing group. Well, well I think this writing group is really a great start for you, too. <laughs> so, whether you write an, any other poems, I think so far, so good. It doesn't really matter. That's right. <laughs> and as long as you're there every week at the same time, it allows Bradley to do his next drive-by whenever he needs to, right? Exactly, Liz. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because 
You know, in a lot of divorces of friends, you find yourself, you try not to take sides, but you do kind of end up remaining friends with one or the other, but probably not both. It's just this sort of natural process. I think without even ever having been friends with Jane Kaczmarek and Bradley Whitford, I just, I always kind of blamed him for the divorce. And now that you're talking about what a nice, funny guy he is, Maybe that was just wrong of me. Maybe I shouldn't have naturally sided with Jane in the divorce. I don't know. We don't know, Liz. We, we, there's more, more will be revealed as, <laughs> as the weeks go on in writing group. Oh, okay, that's great. Good for you. What, what else do you have going on? Well, in other entertainment news, I wanted to discuss the um, sudden leaving of Joy Behar and Elizabeth Hasselbeck from The View. Okay, that's good news, very, don't you it's think? It's very dramatic to have both of those, uh, I mean, longtime anchors of the show just drop off. And I, I have to say, and I think you'll agree, we need to discuss the immediate replacement of both women. Replacement. Is replacing a word? No. I, well, so the moment you said that, I was like, good. well, is that a word? It's, it's, a, it's potentially a word, but not actually a word. <laughs> I think it's poetry, Sheila. <laughs> the immediate replacement of both women by none other than our sister, Leanne Dolan. Oh, you think she could fill both slots? I am talking she would be perfect. Listen to this. They need the funny from Joy Behar, right? Right. Yes, they do. Leanne has got that in spades. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. They need a soccer mom with a heart. That's yep. what they need. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Hasselbeck was too coarse. She was too conservative. Leanne will fill both gaps. They only have to pay for one replacement or replacal. And <laughs> she, she can have her dream job. I mean, wouldn't that be great for Leanne? That would be great. Yes, you're right. She would be good at that. All right. She, I, I, she could plug her book on every, every week, every show. <laughs> I mean, I think her agent, if she has an agent, still has to get on that. Yeah, and that's, as we know, that's a fun, easy job, just talking for a living. Because we all used to have that job when we were on the the radio every day. Exactly. I mean, she would be fantastic. And she's right in between the ages of Elizabeth Hasselbeck and Joy Behar. (laughs) I, I agree, Sheila. I think that's brilliant because she does have a point of view on pretty much everything. Yes. But she's also, she's also really funny. So, um, um, but without that, like, coldness of Joy Behar. That, um, so I think... They I were think both I, kind of cold and gruff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's what happens when you sit next to Barbara Walters, you know? <laughs> it just is. Now, I don't know how Leon and Barbara are going to get <laughs> That seems like there. that might be... I don't know. Yeah. I think Leon could make it work. Mm-hmm. I, I, I okay. Think she, well, okay. maybe then if you're listening to us discuss this and you think this would be a good idea, don't write to us and tell us you think it's a good idea. Write to The View. Just go ahead. Exactly. Let's, let's start a mass movement. If it appears like lots of women from all over the country are just independently writing to The View and saying, Leon Dolan, for the double slot, I think it will start to catch on. So, I think it would be awesome. I mean, she, she, she would be the perfect replacement. All right, Sheila. That's brilliant. Now, you know, I have actually spent a lot of time with Leon in the past few weeks because she has been, she's been here in Dallas. Um, 
you know, she had some long-standing business trips to come to Dallas or to come through Dallas, and so she had added a couple of extra days, you know, initially or, you know, when she made the plans back in the fall, it was so that she could visit with our dad. Um, but, um, and sadly, with our dad's passing, she didn't change her any of her plans. It just meant more time with, with Leon here at my house. And I have come to a new realization about our youngest sister. And I'm going to share it with you, sisters. You know, every family, and we had one, uh, a crazy uncle. You know, yes, how, we had Uncle Dick, Uncle Dick Kirshner. Yeah. You know, and, and every family has one. It was some relative that just the kids in the family really, really respond to, and they respond to in kind of a magical, fun, funny way, and they respond to this relative much more so than anyone else. Well, this past weekend when Leon was here, I had my grandchildren over, my daughter-in-law, my son was away, um, and Leon, uh, we, were, we were having dinner, okay? So this is my granddaughter, Alice, is six, and Benjamin is three. And we were having a nice sit-down dinner, you know, with adults and children. And, you know, for Benjamin, the three-year-old, this is a challenge to sit at the table and, you know, and behave. And Leon started <laughs> telling a story uh, because we were having a salad with some avocado. Leon had brought avocados from her avocado tree in Pasadena. She had smuggled them on the plane and brought them to Texas. Because I don't think you're supposed to, we're really not certain, but we don't think that you're supposed to transport fruit and vegetables over state line. Is that correct? <laughs> that sounds vaguely familiar as a law. Yeah. At, okay. So anyway, Leon starts telling this story at the dinner table with Alice and Benjamin, um, uh, inspired by the slices of avocado that were on the dining room table, that her son, Brooks, when he was a little boy, the first, one of his first words was guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is a fun word to even say, so I can see why a young child would enjoy that. So this is it. So Leanne would say, you know, little Brooks would go, guacamole. She kept saying this at the table. Well, that was the green light for Alice and Benjamin. They just started laughing so hard, and, and they kept repeating, guacamole. <laughs> laughing so hard, he fell off the chair. He was on the table yelling, guacamole, guacamole, guacamole. Okay, to the point where I had to actually ask my youngest sister, who is an adult, could you please not get the kids all... (laughs) And for the rest of the weekend, any mention of Aunt Leon... They b- both of them immediately went into this guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> so Leon has become the official crazy uncle in the in the Dolan family. Uh-huh. That's funny. I, uh, that's good. That's uh, you know the years from now they're probably still going to be thinking that and saying that when they see Leon. <laughs> that, that is so, so funny. I don't know if she's going to be able to work this into her routine on the View, but she has some she has some tiny fans that are ready to go at a moment's notice. I mean, good, really. So I, I really had to like, and every time they just looked at Leon, they started laughing and they wanted to get all worked up. You know, how, you know how kids are. They wanted to like go crazy because I entertain Leanne. the troops. She's got. Yes. She did it. Yep. 
she was there. But she was here because uh, she was giving a speech at the um, for the Junior League of Dallas and uh, about creativity, oddly enough, Sheila, which was Ooh. good. And I it was very well received. And she was also able to preview the fact that her new book, Elizabeth the First, is coming out in early May. Elizabeth and- the First Wife. Right. First wife. Elizabeth, yes. the first wife. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. Let me not get the title wrong. Elizabeth, the first wife. So so that's all very exciting that she has a book uh, coming out. But also the same week I, ju- I received uh, from Amazon.com, um, my son, Will, the younger son, Will, the younger son in New York, in Brooklyn, who has been toiling away as a Ph.D. student in art history, has completed a book. He wrote a book that he is, uh, where he is both a contributor and an editor. And I did uh, not even know this was in the pipeline, Julie. That's very exciting. That is, That's incredible. Is it's very very incredible, and and so I, you know, as his mother wanted to be first on the uh, on the Amazon site to order the book, I ordered multiple copies, thinking, well, this will, you know, I'll get him to sign them. I'll place them around the house. I'll put them in the guest room so everyone can read my son's book when he comes. So today I cracked open this book, which is entitled Corrected Slogans, Reading and Writing Conceptualism. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's right. So so I'm in big trouble, sisters. That sounds really deep. It's a really, really deep. Okay. I, I, well, I think, I, and he's explained the book to me on the phone, and I've never gotten it. So I thought, well, I'll just start with the preface, because surely the preface will give, give me some, you know, clue as to what's going on. I couldn't make heads or tails of that. It's, you know, it's a very conceptual book. So I gave up on the, um, the preface, and then I just went to the index, and I said, okay, well, I'm only going to read the parts that he wrote, because... Yeah. Because then at least I'll be able to comment on that. Well, that is a no-go, too, because uh, apparently in order to understand what he wrote, you have to have read the other parts of the book. It's sort of... Oh, no. That's part of the concept. So uh, so anyway, I just want to mention this title. And if you sisters want to take a crack at it or any of our satellite sisters... Run the title by us again. What is it again? It's called Corrected Slogans. Reading and Writing Conceptualism, okay? And you can order it online uh, at Amazon. And uh-huh. uh, um, and if you can uh, just maybe send me the cliff notes, because <laughs> Will's going to be down here in April. He's giving a speech or some kind of talk on this same su- subject at the Fort Worth Muse- uh, Museum of Modern Art. And be nice if his mother could understand a little bit. I mean, I'm going to be working on it. I'm going to, I'm going to go back. I'm going to like right, tap, right. Tap. See, the thing about your son Will is, as you mentioned, he's a PhD student. He's like very, he's super intellectual and academic. Yes. But he's also like a nice, normal guy, and yes. has a lot of fun in the world. It's not like he's a total egghead. Right? So right. he sees himself as more, didn't you tell me once, he describes his work as just like general culture work, right? Yeah. To Im- improve and promote the culture. And I think this is the underly- one of the underlying themes of this book. Liz, you, I have big hopes that you might be able to glean just a little bit from this. <laughs> I'm happy to send you an, a copy of it if you'd like to take it on your next plane trip. You know, I think it might be something that you could 
just just get a crack at. So I, I, it's, the least I can do is buy my own copy. Okay. So do, no okay. need to send it here. I okay. think we can support Will and you by <laughs> by yes, buy, buying a copy. Will's book and Leon's book are in two different categories. I think yes. that we should make that clear. That Leon's book is a wonderful romantic comedy. Um, it's fun, fun reading, you know. Right, and we, we Leanne's book, we really do expect everyone who's listening to this podcast right now to buy, right? Correct. There's Correct. just no excuse for not buying Leanne's book. The yes. Will's book sounds like a little bit more of a niche product. No, no, right, right. You might not want to stick this in every Christmas stocking. No, that's, that's for sure. But, but again, if a, a, any help, any help at all would be great, okay? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm going to try hard, but you'll see it's... <laughs> It's not easy. It's oh, not easy. Oh. You know, I was talking to Leanne this week about her book and her book launch and promotion plans because, as you recall, Sheila, I think you attended the book party that I threw yes. for Leanne for Helen of Pasadena, which was a very nice party, but I still feel like it wasn't good enough. I, like, I, I was telling her, like, this time around, I really need to kick it up a notch, and kicking it up a notch might mean not having it in my home. I think that... Okay. All right. I hear you, Liz. So, I mean, I was just thinking that, like, if I could find a venue that seemed a little bit more special than come to my house and meet my sister... I I think that's perfectly appropriate. Do you need help? I'll help you find a venue. Yeah. Let's let's work on a venue. But here's what I really need help on. The... um, Now that you're hanging out with the artsy crowd there and you have actor friends... Yes. I said, maybe instead of just... You doing a, a straight reading, which of course is really good because Leanne is a great reader and she's also very funny when she talks about her work. I said, maybe we could get some like, you know, buzzy actress because it has this whole Shakespearean book within the book Ooh, thing. Oh, buzzy actress. Maybe, I like it. If we could get someone to appear with her. And so to get an actress to read sections of the book while Leanne talked about it or something oh, like that. I like it. Or how about an actor like Bradley Whitford? Or maybe Bradley <laughs> Whitford, yes. Well, not having read the book, I'm not sure if there's an appropriate place for Bradley Whitford to oh, read. Oh, yes, there is. There is a incredibly handsome, charming male lead character in this book. So, oh. yes. Okay. I mean, it's not Bradley. It's, he's a little younger. Uh, uh, it could work. It all. Okay, maybe Bradley. we should get Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's more Brad, Bradley Cooper, but but Bradley Whitford. I, I think if you got him to the party. Okay, so okay, Sheila, so just let's... just think about that. Sometime in May, we we need to figure out, and okay, it's Liz. and it's my job to cover the West Side. You know, you the Pasadena crowd is well covered, so someplace west of the 405, uh, that people will feel like, oh, this is a real party, instead of, oh, it's only at Liz's place. I can blow that off. Uh, you know. So, I hear what you're saying, Liz. And yeah. and w- just last thing, would Jane Kaczmarek be? <laughs> Well, you know, Jane and Bradley have both been on Satellite Sisters back in the day when they were married to each other. Oh, I forgot that. Yes. Wow. Yes. Remember, they had that charity where they would auction off, like, Emmy dresses and gift bags and, you know, where they sort of recycled all the free loot that celebrities get. They would put it all online and sell it, and, and the money would go to charity. I believe Jane and Bradley created that thing together. That okay. Side. Well, we we I'll work on it on uh, the east side, Liz. I'll, I'll look I'll look around. Okay, but somebody who's willing to perform on the west side. I got it, Liz. <laughs> Which, for those of you that don't live in Los Angeles, I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but people 
only live in one place or the other. There's people. They're like different states. Yeah. The east side and the west side of Los Angeles. People who live on the west side where I live do not go to Pasadena for events, right? Yes, that's correct. And people, Sheila, you know, you occasionally come here to Santa Monica, mainly because mom and dad were here and your hairdresser was here. (laughs) Right. But if there's a party with the buzzy actress, I will be there. Okay. All right. Just think about that. Buzzy actress. And how do we work that into Leon Solstick? So that'll be some kind of May date. We'll work on that. And um, all right. So then... In other family news, Dolans who are doing interesting things, making major headlines, uh, I would just like us to check in with the campaign for Pope Dolan, you know? (laughs) Oh, wow, yes, Uh major. We mentioned this on the air last month that uh, the on the very same day that our father passed away in Dallas, that was the day Pope Benedict stepped down. And, of course, we were kind of otherwise occupied. So, Julie, I was with you in Dallas. We kind of missed that news until the very end of the day, right? That's right, Liz, yes. And, yep. But then, so there was a vacancy, and we just started idly speculating among ourselves at Julie's, you know, kitchen table that, well, you know, the timing would be really right in honor of dad for the new pope to be um, Timothy Dolan, who is the cardinal from uh, New York City, right? And so Timothy Dolan, at the time, you would occasionally see his name pop up in the news, but he was often described by Vatican insiders as a long shot. Right. Oh, absolutely a long shot. It was totally just the American press wanted something to write about. Nobody really thought Cardinal Dolan was a contender in any way. Well, I I don't know. Talk about buzzy. I think Cardinal Dolan is getting some buzz. There was a major story of trust in the New York Times where they're rooting for the homeboy, of course. Uh, but just yesterday, about even within some of the halls of Vatican City, people are starting to notice that uh, Cardinal Dolan kind of has what they call in the story a million-dollar personality. That's what they said about Timothy Dolan. He's got a million-dollar personality that he's just the kind of cardinal that everybody loves, like intellectual enough to talk to, like, the you know, some of the other... Big to shots. The former pope, to the former pope, who was really... Yeah, the former pope, right, right. He has very. a little bit of that, but he's also very charming and cheerful. That, like, people kept describing, just like a fun guy to be around. And I think it's been a while since, well, I don't know that we've ever had a pope that would really be described as fun guy to be around. Well, um, Pope John Paul was another one that had a million-dollar personality and that, you know, with the the force of his personality and his interest in reaching out. He really, he had a, you know, a tremendous impact on Catholics around mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. So, but um, I think, Liz, two, two other factors. Number one, the American voting block in, uh, among the cardinals is the second largest. So we have a lot of American cardinals. And if they all voted for, po- uh, for Cardinal Dolan, that could be helpful. Mm-hmm. Another tidbit I picked up this morning is that not all the cardinals know each other. It's uh, that they really were introduced. Um, there was an article, I think, again, in the New York Times that they were 
introducing themselves to each other, that we just assume that this group of cardinals, you know, that they go way back and they're old pals and they see a lot of each other. No, not at all. And so the idea that someone with a strong personality could come in and in the moment, you know, influence you know, some the peop, the conclave. I think that's it is somewhat of a personality. Con, um, uh. <laughs> it would just be hilarious. I, yeah. that's, I just want to say that, like, where Pope Dolan would just be so excellent in so many ways. I mean, and I don't normally have strong feelings about who the Pope is. It's not. It doesn't really right. impact that's, my life that much. But, but I think there I, needs to be like a mixer for all the cardinals, <laughs> where they can get to know each other. That's what the conclave is, Sheila. They lock them in that room. It's kind of like a mixer. Yes. It's, it's, okay. it's like a slumber party, if you yes. can imagine. It's a slumber party where everyone is a cardinal. And uh, they just have to stay there together until they figure it out. So you're right, Julie. I feel like it is the kind of environment where the million-dollar personality, the charming and cheerful guy, might actually be able to, like, make his move. But in case you want to really stay up on this... Uh, and know the breaking news, you know, because there's been all of the news about how the Vatican is locking down, like, no Wi-Fi, no tweeting from the conclave, no Facebooking, no status updates from inside the Sistine Chapel, which is kind of hilarious to even imagine that any of those guys would be doing that. You know, like, what would a status update be like from inside the Sistine Chapel? I'd like someone to do that fake Twitter feed. Um, but the, uh, there is a tool that you can register for, a text messaging tool uh, that is called popealarm.com. And so, so you can just put that in your browser, popealarm.com, or they also have their own Facebook page at Pope Alarm. And it just says, when the smoke goes up, you'll know what's going down. And what happens if you register for Pope Alarm, that no matter what time it is where you are, because obviously for, from where we are in California, Rome is nine hours ahead, or maybe now a daylight savings oh, it's time. Eight. It's eight. Yeah. It's eight. Or it's ten. Who knows? I can never figure those things out. Um, it means you will get a text message whenever the decision is made. You will be awakened by popealarm.com so that you can know exactly what's happening. And so you can be watching this live on TV when Pope Dolan walks out onto that balcony. <laughs> I think that would really, really be an excellent moment in the Dolan family. I, I, I've registered, Liz. I know you sent that on this morning, and I was like, I'm in. I'm, I, want, I don't know exactly who I'm registering with. That's a, that, that had me a little concerned. But nonetheless, I felt like it's, um, it is going to be sort of a momentous decision. And, and if indeed it was Pope Dolan... My goodness, that would just, uh, right. that very exciting. We're going to get a lot of mileage out of it. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I also think he'd be a good pope, you know, because yes. the Catholic Church obviously is at a, a real crossroads and that, you know, we need a leader. I re we really need a world leader. And there's so few out there. And we need someone that is able to do that and to, to do it with good cheer and good humor. Um, that would be great. Okay, Pope Dolan, it would certainly be very nice. Uh, okay, then what else was I thinking about? You were talking about yeah, your, your future. My future, yes. Like, no matter what happens in Vatican City, I, that doesn't really impact me 
that much. But, you know, you do get to be a certain age, and especially with everything we've been through with our parents over the past couple of years, as they got to be older and needed more help, they needed medical care, they needed more of us around, you start to think, especially if you are not married and have no children, like myself, like, okay, what is my master plan for... (laughs) Like my later, my golden years. So in today's paper, again, in the New York Times, not that there aren't other papers in the world, but this happens to be the one that we all get, among others. There's this headline in today's Sunday paper that says, too young to retire, but these deals can't wait. And I read through this, and this really, like, made my blood run cold. <laughs> because I'm like, okay, this is what cannot happen to me. Whatever, This is the motivation I needed. The idea of this story, which sounds like an excellent plan for the people that are in the story, the idea is that there are all of these retirement communities, particularly in Florida is the focus here. It's Boca Raton, Florida. But retirement communities where the property values have dropped so dramatically uh, since the crash that you can now buy outright a condo for like $7,000. Like, so what? Yes. Yes, Sheila. Yes. It is within the, within your price range. Uh, there are some of these in here are like up to like $25,000 or maybe, you know, let's see. Can't even one. buy a car for $25,000. Yeah. Yeah. Right. One of the women in the story says that it like, it was the same price as a car. So people who are, would never really have thought they would want to live in a retirement community in South Florida. Now they're looking at these prices and thinking, well, I got to get in. I mean, how can you not? You got to have some plan for yourself. And like me, if you don't have much of a plan, this would be very engaging. You would know at least you would have a roof over your head for the rest of your life because it would be paid for free and clear. And, you know, they have the little clubhouses and the bridge clubs. I I know we we knock those. And, and of course, as baby boomers, we never think we're going to be old enough to want to live in one of those. But they have a lot of nice amenities so that when you are old, it's pretty nice. I know. I know. I know. So I had been thinking about this for a while with three friends of mine, a married couple and then another single guy, my friend Gordon. And so the four of us um, are all within like, you know, eight years of each other. Uh, we, we don't have kids. And Gordon happens to be an architect. And so we have been on his case for almost five years now that Gordon needs to design for us the retirement compound that we can all live in together in our golden years. We don't necessarily need to be in a full-on community in Boca Raton. We're happy if it's just us. But it needs to be us, plus, in this compound, I imagine there's, like, the medical bungalow, right? Because you're going to need that. So it's going to be, as we know. So so we need, like, one of the little outbuildings would have the medical staff in it. We're happy to provide, like, a full-time place to live for, you know, maybe a physician's assistant and a couple of licensed practical nurses, things that we know we're going to need. So one bungalow would be that. And then one bungalow would be, like, our little personal clubhouse, which basically we would just need someone running the kitchen. You know, like so that there was. Okay, a, so you're not envisioning any cooking in your uh, in your elder year in your golden years, Liz. That's right. Well, let's just say not anymore that I'm currently doing. Right, okay. I'm not all of a sudden going to take it up. Well, you'll all be on special diets, so <laughs> salt restricted. Yeah. I mean, 
You're yeah. going to have to have food, Liz. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it, it'll be so, Sheila. Like, there might even be room for you in a place like this too, because you're get, I'm sure you've started to think about, you know, Boca Raton or <laughs> staying in South Pasadena, unless, of course, you right. and Bradley Whitford run off together. But well, you know. I've been doing some cooking, so I could learn low fat, low salt, you know, diet. I'm doing gluten free. Okay. If you want me to be the chef in your golden years, Liz, I, I'm in. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily pitching you as staff. I just I actually <laughs> wanted you to feel like you'd be welcome to, you know, to join into the community. But anyway, I was just thinking about that. So these people, I understand, Julie. I like why, that idea. Why when they look at these deals, they think, well, yeah, I'm going to have to go somewhere. And the idea of being around a few other people who have needs similar to yours does make sense. I just don't want to be around too many other people. And I'm thinking maybe South Florida would not be my first choice. But it right. is, but not not that I have any problem with that. But, you know, it's just a little buggy for me. That, <laughs> that's my policy. Liz, I'm sure if you just go south of Santa, Santa Monica into Orange County that you can find another comparable place uh, that has, you know, has the same kind of real estate deals that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So. And I can come and visit you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I'll still be in my apartment. I don't think I'm going anywhere. Okay. All right. Well, the uh, I just think it's one of those things you have to think about. So the, these particular friends of mine, we are just by happenstance, we have a, a weekend planned together here in Southern California in May, at the beginning of May. So I have already circulated this story from today's New York Times. I sent the link to all three of them and said, we cannot let this happen to us. <laughs> we need to get on. The planning committee needs to kick in because okay. you never that's, know when the need is going to be there, right? Yeah. That's, I think that's a, an important lesson that we have learned. So, uh, well, it sounds good, Liz. Sounds ambitious. It sounds like you will be able to pour your creative juices into into this project. <laughs> into the end of your life plan, which is kind of depressing. Okay, speaking about the end of our lives, I know, Julie, like me, you're a frequent flyer. Right. Um, I think you had some thoughts on the new TSA regulations. Was that something that was on your mind? It was on my plate, Liz. I wanted to mention this. Perhaps you saw this in the news this week that uh, a work in an internal working group with the TSA made the announcement this week that they are now starting, uh, starting in April, are going to allow passengers to bring knives, small bats, uh, commemorative bats from like the baseball, you know, baseball games, golf clubs, sticks, various things. Those are all good now. They can come back on the plane. Okay. So uh, for two very important reasons, do I agree with the flight attendants union and the pilots union that have come out against this, that this is really an incredibly stupid idea. I mean, first of all, I mean, we're all now trained not to bring this stuff. Exactly. Um, yeah. Why? Oh, why? Is it, is it the PGA that just felt like you, everybody needed to be <laughs> two golf clubs on a plane? Is that, were they lobbying the, uh, the government? Is that how this happened? Because you know what's going to happen? First of all, I think we've all come to realize since 9-11 and since all, all the other incidents that have happened on planes that small knives, that bats, that golf clubs, sticks, these all can be used as weapons. And that they all could be deadly weapons and really cause 
havoc uh, in the air, right? Mm -hmm. Plus, can I just say, there's no room in the overhead compartment for that. I, I, this okay. is, the overhead compartments have been full for about five years, right? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, where, that's exactly what I was thinking. Where are they going to put those golf clubs? Do you know how that is going to clog up the boarding and the unloading of planes as someone is trying to store the and, and then get those golf clubs out of the overhead bins, that is, that's going to be a mess. And then the other thing is, you know, it's going to just back up the security line because now, again, we've been, we we're used to not bringing knives on, but now there's going to be a whole knife um, delay, you know, because mm -hmm. people will show up with knives and some knives that are like with two inch blades are fine and others aren't. And so we're going to have a lot of discussion about what you can bring and what you can't. Oh, that's crazy. It's just well, like, I would just like to encourage, like, if the PGA got in there and got some kind of ruling on golf clubs, where is the shampoo lobby? Because, <laughs> no, like, right. I would, why is it I can bring a knife but not five ounces of shampoo? I know. There, I we're, know. we're really going to believe that one is that much more dangerous than the other? That seems wrong to me. Right. I, I mean, you know, it's, it just is, I, I, it was, it was just very discouraging because it's just going to mean longer lines and uh, more danger on the planes. So I, I think this internal working group at the TSA should go back to the drawing board. You know, we've been talking a lot about Leon today, but if you do not listen to Leon's separate podcast that she does on her own called Chaos Chronicles, uh, yes. we, we would encourage you to subscribe and download Leon's show. It's very funny every week. But this week in particular, she talks about how threatened she was on her flight home from Dallas this week, Julie. Exactly. Where there was a highly agitated, dangerous passenger, and she felt like, wow, in a situation where that woman might have had, you know, a stick or a bat or a knife, things could have really, really gotten dangerous. Right, exactly. So I won't take you through Leanne's whole podcast. She tells the story, but go download Chaos Chronicles. And she also does an excellent job, which we pers we purposely stayed away from this week because Leanne had covered it so well on Chaos Chronicles. This week's Martha Stewart trial, <laughs> which is really not a Martha Stewart trial, I understand, but the Macy's versus JCPenney trial that involves Martha Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Leon's take on exactly what the issues are there is just really hilarious to listen to. So uh, another reason why she would be perfect for the View. <laughs> exactly, Sheila. Yes, yes, exactly. She's up to date, completely current. <laughs> okay, well, I think everybody knows what they have to do this week to write the View and then keep uh, keep up pressure on uh, the Pope so that we right. Have we have two Pope. things we need you to vote on. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Sheila, because certainly the election of Pope Dolan or really Leah being added to the cast of The View, both would be really excellent opportunities for an epic poem by you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Thank you. You could commemorate those historic events with a, with a fine piece of poetry um, that you could try out on your coffee group and any, you know, famous TV stars that happen to wander by, and then we can launch that out into the world for you. Another published Dolan. Yeah. That would be great. Or we could get a buzzy actress to perform it. <laughs> <laughs> Super buzzy. Super buzzy. All right. Anything else, sisters? Anything else we need that's to cover it. this week? That's what. That's all we got, Liz. <laughs> that's, remember, we're always on Facebook. The Satellite Sisters Facebook group is a fun place to be. It's really your people can talk about anything you want there, and uh, that's going on. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Sat Sisters, 
at Sad Sisters, so be sure to do that. Uh, and you can download smartphone apps to listen to our show. If you if you haven't tried Stitcher yet, that's a really easy way to listen to all the Satellite Sister shows and all of the Chaos Chronicle shows on your phone. But there are other apps either in the Android store or in the um, the Apple uh, App Store where you can listen to Satellite Sisters. So keep us with you wherever you go. That's our goal in life is just to be there for you. So, all right, sisters, have a really good week. Enjoy yourselves. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Liz. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. <laughs>